Hello, greetings, and to you, my good sir. And to you, uh, what was happening is that uh, my uh, reindeer antenna were actually getting in the way of the signal being broadcast to Facebook. So we had to um, we had to uh, to change the settings, and then uh, and then we could uh, redon our um, change the settings on the reindeer. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. They uh, you'll have that. It's it's just kind of the nature of the gig. Is sometimes reindeer they get in the way. That's just like how I. That's what I think about Rudolph. You know what I'm saying? It's like Rudolph. Sometimes he's just in the way. Sure, he's got a bright nose and stuff. I mean, that's like what Donner and Blitzen thought, but weren't they the bullies in the claymation? That's one? what I'm saying. I was uh, emphasizing the uh, exact opposite of a point by making the, making the point by doing the opposite of the point. I'm just afraid you don't want to put yourself in that camp, dude. I was. They were mean during the reindeer games, I, if I recall. I read a, I read an article the other day about how mad people are about the bullying of of Rudolph. That it was like really like that they couldn't believe that it was actually broadcast. Well, that's the, the like, point, though. You're I not know. supposed to like it. I know. That's the thing. It's, it's just it's teaching they, that bullying is wrong. Right. Exactly. But somebody was saying okay? no. They were just triggered by it, and it's really sad. Maybe they were bullied by reindeer when they were young. That's what happens. I've always wanted to do like the new reindeer version of. Um, well, hold on. Hold on. We what? Should, we're here, you guys. Hello. <laughs> what are hello. we even talking about? This is this is normally Nonsense. what we edit out of the podcast. Is that is my musings on Rudolph? I actually have a fish named Rudolph. Who I, I love. This is why the live podcasts stress me out so much, is the knowledge that I can't go back and edit these. Right. I, so, which I, is hard. I, um, I, uh, I actually watched a video about this guy who can't even, because he had a video, video go viral and he said something dumb. And I, so I always That's am a little nervous. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm never going to get a job <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, you're out. Um, do you think we should do a claymation version of the podcast one week? Yes. Can you guys Kay. help us? We're going to do a claymation version. That would be good. A live, yeah. a live claymation version. Hi, am I not? Oh, you can't see my pretty face. Yeah, I want to. I want to see it when you talk, because it's awkward this way. <laughs> no, I mean I could still hear you. Can you guys hear him? Father that's Peter. Yes, that's a yes. No. There's some nods. There's some some non-committal nods. Non-committal nods. All right. All right. So here's the thing. Talk to me, Ace. It's New Year. Happy it's New Advent. Year. It's New Year. It's the Eve of Saint Nicholas Day. Yes. Exciting. You got to put your shoes exciting. out tonight, everybody. Yeah, hold on. You guys got to you guys have a little noise makers, don't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do it. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. So, so there's always the overenthusiastic one person who their thing just because and 80% of the time it's gauge. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um hold on. What I realize Oh yeah, I uh Okay, there we go. Um, I wasn't sure if we were recording this for broadcast later, and uh, we are. We are. So That's it good. Works. Yeah. So I think we are in one of the most oxymoronic moments in the church calendar. Somebody who doesn't know how to wash their face? An oxymoron. Oxy-clean. An oxymoron. That's funny. Uh, no, it is funny. Um, because there's two things happening simultaneously right now. Okay. And now, but So we're, we're, we're obviously, it's, what is Today, Thursday? Is that right? Thursday. Today is Thursday. Thursday. We're one week in into the, our new year. Almost. I mean, according right. to like, I mean, if I was in the confessional and somebody hadn't gone to confession in like five days and they said one week, I wouldn't consider them lying. Really? They yeah. just mean a business week. Yeah, yeah. It's been one business week. <laughs> it's since been my last one business week since <laughs> my last confession. Yeah. Okay. Well, but it's okay. So we're, 
we're celebrating the new year, which actually started on the first Sunday of Advent. So technically, it's sundown on Saturday. We started the new year, which is exciting. Happy New but Year! We start this new year, so we're, we got the funny hats and all the stuff because we're celebrating the new year. But it's an entrance into what's not quite a penitential season, but a season of sort of a little more solemnness and waiting, which is not... Le- I, so part of why we're doing this... And, well, and, and the church documents absolutely say that oh, it's, we're bringing not out the, the church documents. it's not the character of Lent. The, no, the it's Advent, not Lent. Advent it's not, isn't it's Lent. not winter it's, Lent. But now what happens is in the East, they consider it mini Lent. Like New York? Maine? <laughs> <laughs> The East Coast. Oh, the East. Uh, Sorry. Cont- please continue <laughs> with your thought. I see. I would have edited that out as okay. well. Yeah, we would have. Yeah. If it got a bigger laugh, I'd have kept it, but it didn't, it, so I would have edited it. Yeah. So, so what happens is the East, as in like uh, the Eastern churches, uh, in like we're we're the Western church, like yep. the the so Milan, Burlington, Burlington coat factory, and so. Um, yeah, they consider it many the Eastern the rites of the church, Eastern like the Byzantines and the Copts. Thank you. I couldn't get up with the right, no, the right rites. Oh, nice. Yeah, so so I, I wasn't quite right. Wait, so what do they do? What about the Eastern churches? I now think that, that, they, I think that they call it uh, mini Lent, but we don't in the West. We don't we celebrate don't in the, the same, same in the East. But that the leaves East. us. But we also don't celebrate Lent the same as the Eastern Well, that's churches. a good point. But it leaves it in this weird position of how do you celebrate it? Because it's not strictly fasting and penitent, penance. Some right. of that. But it's this time of wait, and I, I, I've I've kind of become more comfortable with the awkwardness of it, right? Because there's something that's awkward about waiting in general, right? Absolutely. And that's actually what Advent is. But we've become a culture that has no idea how to wait, right? We right. have Netflix. We can binge all your favorite TV shows. I can order stuff on Amazon. It can be there tomorrow. Like we we have no idea how to wait for stuff. That's why we started the podcast about 10, 15 minutes. We made late. you wait. We, we made you wait. <laughs> it's the ethos of Advent. We tried to be very ad- advental. Adventential. Advantageous. (laughs) (laughs) But it should be a little bit awkward because, you know, the decorations are up, but it's not quite there yet. And maybe you shouldn't have all the decorations up and we're not totally feasting yet because Christmas isn't here. But but it's also not, you know, I I used to be of kind of the opinion. I was a little more militant of like, oh, we can't have anything up until Christmas Eve and, you know, no lights and no candles. and. Because yeah. it's like Lent. Nah, like you said, the church is clear that that's not what it is. Right. It's, so the, the best way that I've come to start to wrap my head around what we're doing here is, is I keep relating it back to the Magi. And they're the ones that actually make this make sense to me. Right. The Magi are seeking after the Christ child. They're heading towards something that they have not fully discovered yet, but they know they're going somewhere. And so, so I can, they're so on I can a inf- journey. Inf- infer by what you're saying is that really what Advent is for is for astronomy. Go. Oh, okay. Or road trips. Uh, road trips and astronomy. Road trips. So my wife, um, her her dad is an engineer, a brilliant scientist, and she always she was the youngest in the family of, of four different kids. Okay. And every family road they took, a, she was always stuck in the back seat in a telescope, <laughs> which was jammed in the seat next to her. So road trips and telescopes are a part of my wife's. The, whole hey, the shout out it's to Annie. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. That's that's nice. I like it. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> We we uh, we um so our our assistants uh, behind uh, behind you we, that you're looking at, um we are excited to hear where you're listening from. Yeah. So um we love we would love to shout it out. Uh, we would love to hear um you know uh I know that Facebook Live is pretty big in Kazakhstan so uh you know. <laughs> 
you know, where if, they have if, the if, Eastern Church. Yeah, where they have the Eastern just Church. Just to bring and it all back home. Mon- the Mongolian yurt people, you guys are like listening in yurts. Like, See, again, I would have edited that out. Pretty quickly, your people, but no. okay, that's what I, well, I mean. If you're living in a year, okay, yeah, this is, I'm going to stop. So okay, that's probably fair. <laughs> the other thing that we're doing today, so we're, we're celebrating the new year and we're getting into Advent where we're preparing, sometimes awkwardly, on this journey for meeting the Christ child. Right. Where we're getting ready, we're in the car, we're on the highway, we're going, we're going down the road. Um, but in that time, so one of the things the church does ask of us during Advent is it's not strict penance like Lent. We don't have to necessarily give up stuff, although we should be temperate during Advent. But it is a time of, uh, of almsgiving. Right. And one of the things that the Magi also remind me of is as they're on their way preparing to meet the Christ child at Christmas, one of the things they're focusing on is how do we give back to the Christ? How do we give of ourselves and also resources to this new king? And so the church actually asks us to think about that during Advent. How do we give back to the church? Not just, so part of where we get the tradition of giving gifts to each other is through the Magi, but not just giving gifts to one another. That's cool and that's beautiful, right. but also giving back to God, giving back to, to Jesus. And so in Advent, it's a time to think about where are the places where we have met Jesus, our parish, right? Different ministries. And if the Lanky Guys podcast is some place where God has given you the opportunity to meet him in a unique way, then we humbly ask that you help support this ministry and everything that we're a part of. We are a part of the Buffalo Catholic ministry at the University of Colorado. We're trying to bring both the faith and specifically the Catholic intellectual tradition to this giant university. And so if you would like to give back, if you'd like to help us in this mission, um, you can go to the thomas.org and click donate. You can also text your donation to 720 Putting this together, aren't we? We do it together. They may not hear it, so I was going to take turns with you. Go for it. Okay, 720-513-733. Be mad at me. I'm I'm trying to help the people. Trying to make the people hear. 720-513-7337. Or go to thomascenter.org and click donate. Yeah, and uh, it would uh, it would be just a great gift to be able to help celebrate. Um, That's one of the things that I find Mm. is that um, how do you make... Advent good, it's by making a gift of yourself. Uh, making a gift of yourself in liturgy, in prayer, in your resources, yeah. in your friendships, being yeah. available. And I mean, I mean, we give gifts in, I mean, we prepare in a real way. Like, I think it's actually a good mental discipline to go through in Lent to say, how can I make a gift to the people around me? Absolutely. And you say, ah, how do I, how can, how mm. can I know the person next to me? It's by knowing they actually really want and what they really need. And so, uh, so we just invite you to be able to participate and to help us with our needs uh, to be able to reach and to transform this country, transform this state, this city, uh, and the people who are here at the university, but of course, all over the world. I mean, that's the, the truth is that we like, we got everybody everywhere and it's really fun. I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm planning on doing an Australian tour. All right. Um, at some time. So few people, everywhere. we got Diane from Kuwait. Whoa! So Diane's listening from Kuwait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's up, Diane? Mara is out in Pittsburgh. We got Scotty, not me. Scotty, who's out of Indiana. Uh, Michael in Frisco, Texas. We got Aaron in Pinkerington, Ohio, which I think was a Weezer album. Right? Nice. I think. I think it was Pinkerton. Pinkerton. But okay, I just got to give some props though to Please. Diane in Kuwait. The fact that yeah. she, we have an expat, like, and we're supporting you out in the middle of the desert. We don't like, know that she's an expat. 
I, we, we don't know anything about Diane. I don't right know now. anything about Diane, but she I know that she could be a Mongolian yurt person for all that you know. <laughs> don't I know. don't even know. <laughs> they, exactly. Thanks right. for just telling me on that one. <laughs> I, I needed that. I'm just you know, kidding. That's that's. Yeah, I thanks Magellan. But we do have some business. Okay, to business. attend to, right? Yes. And this is we're talking about the second Sunday of Advent, right? Yes. So we're going to discuss the readings this week, which is why the podcast exists. And if you're tuning in for the first time, or if you don't really know what on earth you have stumbled onto. This is a podcast that's an offshoot of the ministry here at, at St. Thomas Aquinas at the University of Colorado, and we are a service to the church. And so what we, every week, week in and week out, take about 40, 45 minutes, hour and a half, to <laughs> go over the four Sunday readings, try to find thread, unpack the background, to help people to get more out of them. We have a lot of priests who listen for homily prep, a lot of distracted parents who listen because they haven't heard a homily in 11 years like me, um, <laughs> and a lot of people who just want to go a little bit deeper. And so that's what we're all about, and that's how we're here to serve the church. That's Absolutely. how we're trying to give back in this Advent. Yeah. Um, and so uh, our first reading mm. is... Uh, well. So the concept of Havarim. Mm. So basically, Scott and I believe in, in the deepest sense is that you don't study the scriptures in isolation. Right. You don't study the scripture alone. And the church believes that pretty fundamentally. Right, right. That's why we have the concept of a Bible study. It's like together and, and it's good to pray with the scriptures alone. But, but actually, when we study, we should have somebody who we can kind of go back and forth with. Because wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. And well, honestly, you get together with the word and it's, it's transformative. So we said, though, is that we actually need both. Which right. is kind of what we try to embody in the podcast. So Father Peter and I, we make it a point that we will not discuss the readings together before the podcast, even if we get excited to find some great insight. Because the idea is we go on our own. And hopefully we take them to prayer and we read and we reflect. And then we come together and we're like, hey, look at what I found. And, oh, I saw this thing. And what do you think about that? And that's, that's how it's meant to be done. We're meant to pray through the scriptures ourselves and with right. God. And then we're meant to bring them to our community and our friends and debate and discuss and get excited and, and, and go for it. So that's what we're trying to embody here. Amen. In a sense. So our first reading is And the Hebrew term for that is havarim. That's, havarim. Where, that's where that word comes from. And it's, That was very close to your face. Sorry. Hi. That was weird. Thanks, man. I was gonna. I was gonna pull a uh, a uh, golem and bite off your finger. Did golem bite off somebody's finger? Okay. So our first reading is uh, Isaiah eleven, chapter chapters one through ten. Isaiah chapter eleven verses one through ten. <laughs> <laughs> and our second re our responsorial psalm is coming from Psalm seventy two, verses one through two, seven through eight, twelve through thirteen, seventeen, and the response itself is coming from verse seven. Our second reading is from Romans chapter mm. 15, uh, verses 4 through 9. And our God is coming from the Gospel of L Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 12, all about John the Baptist. Yeah. I don't know why I said mm -hmm. it like that. Because the baptizer, you know. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe it was like, subconscious. Yeah, it's like uh, John the baptizer. So, Can I, I just point out a couple more just before we jump in, take a moment to say hi to um, Hector, who's listening from Puerto Rico. We had somebody whose yes. name I just lost who was listening on the, down the road from Colorado Springs. Yeah. We got Haven, who's listening literally from the building. Yeah. Oh, here we go. This is what I needed. Okay. We got Susan from Round Rock, Texas. We got Joe from Manassas, Virginia. I think I might know. Joe, Manassas. Uh, we got, what is that one? Oh, we got Marianne from Orlando. Tara from Wichita. We Steve got from Lafayette. What's up, Steve? Christine from Nashville, Tennessee. One of my favorite cities. Aiden from Columbus, Indiana. We are 
Iowa? Wait, do we Indiana. have a Columbus, Indiana's? Wow. Did, are you guys together in a coffee shop? We are huge in Columbus, Indiana right now. That's Dude, what I know. We're I mean, blowing up in Columbus. Blowing up in Columbus. That's awesome. So Tara, Steve, mm. Aiden, Haven, Patty, Christine, Susan, Joe, and Ag? And Aiden is listening to school, which Mary. I support. I hope you're in class right now listening. Dude. You, I don't know who Aiden is, but I'm thrilled that you're listening you know what? I, you know what I really kind of hope? Is oh, I, I'm so happy. I hope that there's some priest with like an AirPod in the wrong ear in the confessional, like listening right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, Do you? Yeah, no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Just to clarify. There, there's always this legend about this priest who would like put in an ear earpiece and like listen to the sports game while he was hearing confessions. And they said in my confessions <laughs> class, they were like, don't do that. But with AirPods, it's so easy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could just like, you just, it, there's no core, nobody, you know, but don't do it. Fathers, just don't, just. We do have a lot of priests who listen. So this is yeah. good advice. Just, just good spiritual advice. We're giving back in Advent. Okay, so on that day, Isaiah. on that day, a shoot cell sprout, which you can say ten times fast. Can you? I've never been able to shoot. Shoot shall sprout. Shoot shall sprout. Have you tried? Is this like a thing? Ooh, that's actually that a good have? band name. Shoot shall sprout. I kind of like that. No, maybe maybe a album name. The you jury's out here in the room. Yeah, they, they're all they all just looked at me like. Yeah, they're not a huge fan. Okay, um, can I catch us up on uh, on Isaiah real quick? Nope. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah please, please. So um, Isaiah, a lot of things to say about Isaiah. Um, we talk about Isaiah a lot. It shows up in the readings a lot. Chapter eleven. So this is the bankruptcy chapter of Isaiah. Oh my gosh. Chapter eleven. Anybody? Gay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Luke yeah. in the back. I like that, Luke. Thanks, in the back. Luke. From the accountant's perspective, baby, right here, man. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're studying Matthew later on, so we should have a, an accountant joke in here just for somebody. As many as you can fit. And as many as you can fit. I, that's all I can fit. Um, good news, bad news, right? Talk to me. A, a, a big chunk of the book is all about coming. Isaiah, one of the reasons I always sort of struggle with Isaiah, I, I, I'm convinced Isaiah is the hardest book in the Bible. And I've probably said that before. I think it is absolutely the most difficult book in the Bible, more than Revelation. I know Revelation gets all the press for being confusing. Really? But Isaiah, I think, is partially because of the, the sheer scope of Isaiah that stretches from the, the time during the Assyrian Empire when Israel is being sort of oppressed by Assyria, looking forward to the downfall of the Assyrian Empire, the rise of the Babylonian Empire, the destruction of Jerusalem, the exile of Israel, the coming restoration of Israel after exile, the birth of a new king who will rule Israel forever, and then all the way into a new heavens and a new earth and a new creation at the end of time. That's the span that we get in Isaiah. Who like, is this? Is stuff? what I want to know. Like, who is Isaiah? I mean, this is crazy that he could. That He's he, a dude. He almost yeah. gets like the full perspective of everything. That's why it's actually the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. It's quoted more than any other book in the Old Testament combined. I don't know about combined. I just threw that in because it sounds combined. Better. Okay. Um, but uh, the Gospels lean on. Sometimes it's called the fifth gospel because it speaks so. It leans so heavily on. You need to know what's going on. So that being said, where we sort of show up, um, we're, we're kind of in the bad bad news part. But even in the bad news, it's not all bad news. It, it jumps back and forth between good news and bad news. Okay. And so what what's happening in this part of the book, time-wise, chronology-wise? 
um, when Isaiah begins, when he starts prophesying, he's prophesying at the end of uh, the reign of a guy named King Uzziah. And he says that because it, during his call, it actually says during the reign of King Uzziah, I was called up in this vision, the prophet. King Uzziah was reigning during a time when the Assyrian Empire, the, the reigning superpower, was kind of in decline. Okay. And that's important because what it means is that he shows up on the scene during a, a time of relative peace in Israel. Like, things are cool, things are cool, there's no huge wars on the horizon, like, everybody's kind of doing their thing, and there's a little bit of freedom, and everything's alright. But what's about to happen after King Uzziah's death is that Assyria is going to come rise back to power. And they're going to get pretty ticked off at all the people who sort of thought that they could go their own way while they were in political decline. And they're going to be mad. And they're going to be coming. And one of the things that got Bill in trouble is during Assyria's decline, they stopped paying tribute to Assyria. Because they're like, they're not that powerful anymore. They're not going to, what are they going to do, come and get us? <laughs> and they're like, we're going to come and get you. Yeah, well, which is interesting because in chapter 10 of Isaiah. Ex yeah, this is why this context is so important. Right. It, is, it starts to be, uh, it starts to kind of use this language of felling and the rod. Really well, The whole stuff. chapter is the felling of Assyria. Right, exactly. So, so this would be a popular chapter to read during this time because it's like, oh, who's your worst enemy? Oh, the Assyrians, they're, they're totally oppressing us and doing all these terrible things. And God's like, well, guess what's going to happen to them? Because of their injustice and their cruelty and their violence and all of these things, they're going to be felled like a tree. Right. And it goes into detail. Chapter 10 is intense, right, about all the things that are going to happen. And then you jump to chapter 11. Bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is Assyria happens. is bankrupt. You get you get cut down and you go bankrupt. I Did mean, you, this is Assyria it. Assyria was bankrupt. It was. That's the whole point of the chapter. See, I'm making connections, hey, maybe, man. Maybe that's the name of the podcast. Assyria is bankrupt? No. That's, yeah. uh, we'll work on well, it. But here's, here's part of the problem, is that then chapter 11 turns to how really, because of what happens, and really it's looking forward to after Babylon, because this is where... Isaiah is so hard to, to point to because we're talking in chapter 10 about the downfall of this nation who's oppressing us. But really chapter 11 is looking forward to eventually Israel is going to be obliterated. Like you're being oppressed right now. Right. Things are hard. They're going to get so much harder. But and the, eventually you're going to be the tree also cut down. But listen to how God is speaking in chapter 10. It says, as if a rod should wield him who lifts it, or if a staff should lift him who is not wood. Therefore, the Lord of hosts will send wasting sickness among his stout warriors. So basically what he's saying is, is that this is actually the will of God. This is the, the tool in the handiwork of God, not, yeah. not yeah. somehow arbitrary victimhood. Yes. That, that the Lord right. has his right. hand. And that's why we get to this mm. place where, okay, all of a sudden we jump. And, yeah. and it's not Assyria that's cut down. We see Jesse's cut down. Yes. Which, by the way, Jesse. By Assyria and Babylon. By Assyria and Babylon. Which God allows because right. God is God. Because God is God and he has his own bigger ideas about how to actually yeah. transform the face of the earth. The other thing that we just got in Isaiah in chapter 7, we were told a story. So uh, the other thing that Isaiah does, it kind of bounces between a couple of narratives, royal narratives about these two particular kings, Ahaz and Kaya later on. Okay. One's really bad, one's pretty good. And all of the oracles kind of are in between these two narratives. Right. And in chapter 7, you get the story about a really lousy Israelite king named Ahaz, 
who um, he's just terrible and he doesn't follow God and he turns the people astray. So we're, we're basically... And, and what, Ahaz is the one who gets the prophecy about the virgin birth, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, because right? Ahaz, speak this word to Ahaz, you yeah, can yeah, choose. Yeah, 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 right, 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 yes. And then right. he's like, oh, I, I, I'm not going to burden the Lord. And then he's like, because of the Batula, uh, a, a virgin will have a child. You're right. That's actually a pretty good connection. Yeah. But it's ironic because this prophecy about a king who's eventually going to come, he's not told it's a king, is coming to a terrible king. So basically this whole part of the book is about lousy kings and what God's going to do about it. <laughs> What's God going to do about it? Well, here's the antidote. On that day, what? Well, we don't know yet, but there will be a day. A day. When a shoot or a branch, or there's different translations, right, will shoot forth from this stump. So this tree that is Israel is going to be felled and cut down just like Assyria was. But unlike Assyria, there's going to be a shoot of life. There's still life within it. As much as you try to kill this thing, there's still life. It's still there. Right. right? And this shoot is going to be the most powerful thing on earth because it's going to, from its roots, a bud is going to blossom and the spirit of the Lord is going to rest on this shoot, right? That's going to come. Spirit of wisdom and understanding, of counsel and strength and knowledge and fear of the Lord. Which, which we should talk about. Jesse, if you, if you don't remember, Jesse is the father of King David. Correct. So, He's also the grandfather of Jesus. Not the same Jesse. Joseph's dad is also named Jesse. Jesse's, Joseph's dad is named Jesse? Correct. Word. I know, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so you've got the king and the king and then the Jesse dads. The Jesse dads. <laughs> Maybe that's the title of the podcast. <laughs> that says the Jesse dads. But I just want to point out everything that's being described here is the opposite of everything they've experienced. They've experienced King Ahaz, who's lousy. They've experienced right. the Assyrians and their capricious, violent nature. All of the, and they're, they're longing for someone to rule them with justice and righteousness and a fear of the Lord, not a fear of their own, you know, themselves and their own wealth and their own power. But all of this is the antidote for everything they've been longing for. And the right. scope, not just going to be good and righteous with counsel and wisdom, but he's going to strike down the ruthless with the rod of his mouth, the breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. Justice bound around his waist. The wolf will be a guest of the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the kid, the calf, and, and the young lion. And then somebody's going to be playing over the adder's layer. You know what I'm saying? Did you see that? Was that the line about the baby will play by the cobra's den? As yeah, a parent, yeah. I got stressed out reading that line. No, I'm like, like, don't put your baby by hey, the cobra's den. Hey, kids, den. go play with the cobras now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? But that's here's the, that's but that's like the the utter total harmony and. Of of everything, it's saying it's saying that, that that everything will have its total pure harmony. So what Isaiah is saying is we're not just talking about a political Messiah. We're not just talking about a king who's gonna have good politics and economic policies. We're talking <laughs> about a restoration of yeah. the whole of the earth. Yep. Which again we know is where the book of Isaiah is eventually headed right. toward the new heavens and the new earth and the new creation. Culminate all of this stuff, but the birth of this king, this shoot, which. I think Isaiah also wants to make it clear this is a person, it's a Davidic king who will bring about the restoration of all creation. Right. In hindsight, it's 2020. We're like, oh, Jesus. Before that, you're like, what, what person on earth is going to be able to do that? Right. And But this is the, the hope that is now sort of impregnated into Israel that is going to grow and wait for hundreds and hundreds of years until the birth of Jesus. So really what we're given here is the beginning of the first kind of advent, the Old Testament advent, where we're told somebody's coming and is going to change everything. And now we enter into hundreds of years of advent, of waiting, of praying, of looking, of watching. Wow, that makes me feel really happy that I got three weeks this year. 
<laughs> of Advent? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it's like sometimes you get four, sometimes you get like three days, sometimes you get like three and a half. This year no, is like little, just, we're little this year. We're just like a little little Advent. So, um, so I have to say that you guys, um, say it. we're about to move. Normally, we would just move right into the uh, the. Uh, the song. Making fun of each other? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The song. Making fun of each other. Um, thank you. You guys are donating. And mm. I am so thankful for all of you who are watching and for all the gifts that you guys are giving. It really is just, it's, it's just tremendous. And it means so, so much to us. So thank you. Um, you're the best. And if, uh, if you're watching later on, if you're not watching live, but you're just watching on Facebook after the fact, welcome to you as well. It's cool if you, if you actually have to be in school or doing a job right now. And you can't be looking at the Facebooks. Right. Um, we welcome you guys. You can keep giving. You can come back. Please still go. Even if it's not during the live podcast, please still go to our website, thomascenter.org. Click donate. You can text to 720-513-7337 to make a donation um, as a way during this Advent of giving back to a way that perhaps Jesus has has showed himself to you in a unique way. So we uh, thank you for that. Yep. And a shout out to Lindley in Cincinnati. Midwest is really representing this Yeah, morning. I got to say, you guys, uh, for all of the the, fa the fact that you guys don't get any during this these winter months, thanks for letting us be light in your lives for just a minute, you know? That's a Hallmark card right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the seasonal affectation disorder Hallmark card. Oh, jeez. That's a whole genre that they have now. <laughs> you gotta Psalm 72. A, you got to make a joke about you it. You do, man. It's like, okay, Psalm 72. Um you guys, uh, just in case, this is one of those profound things that um, that uh, Scott pointed out to me a long time ago. At Sunday Mass, we do a reading, a song, a reading, a song, a reading. A reading, a psalm. Yes. A reading, so, a psalm. Psalm, which is a song. It's the Hebrew word for song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you you go you go first reading, but not like a hymn. Right. Not like, a hymn, but like a psalm. Song. Not the King of Glory comes the nation rejoicing. Woohoo! Um, yeah. So so it's yeah. So you you read a reading, then you sing. Then you read the second reading, then you sing the Alleluia, then you read the other reading. Would so. you know the, where that sort of comes from historically, right? No. It's meant to represent the way that pilgrims would ascend the steps of the temple, going close to the presence of the Lord. As you ascend the steps during pilgrimage into the temple, you are with each step to sing one of the psalms as you ascend the steps. And so as we ascend from the Old Testament with a psalm that we sing in Testament, with a psalm that we sing in the uh, into the presence of God and the Gospels, Jesus incarnate, we are sort of imitating that ascension into the temple, into God's new temple. Wow. That's where the liturgy sort of structures itself that That's way. That's kind of cool. It's kind of neat. Good job. Okay. Thank you. Psalm 72, justice shall flourish in his time and fullness of peace forever. Forever. This is one of, I like it when they sing. I love all Advent songs. All of them? Yeah. I, just I bet we can them. find one that you don't. You know which one I don't like? As long as we're talking, as long as we're clearing the air. Okay. I can't stand Mary, did you know? You know why? Because she did. Because she did. <laughs> Gabriel told her. Simeon. I'm like, yes, she knew. Mary, I did too. you know? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, Simeon yeah. told me. It was that day at the temple. It was weird. <laughs> okay, anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, Jake Huber. We got to say hi to Jake Huber and Ann over in, in uh, tech, uh, Kansas. In, in Olath. Olath? Olath. Um, oh, that city in Kansas that oh, we. Olathe. Nathan wants to know um, which translation my beat up Bible is. 
I don't know if this is what you think is my beat up Bible. This is this is not doing well. This is my NIV study Bible, which is kind of a more of a Protestant translation, but their notes in the Old Testament are awesome. But if you want to see my real beat up Bible, it's my backup one back here, which has seen far better days. And this is my um, uh, Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition, the Ignatius Study Bible, the original first edition, which is really batten, bat, batten and beaten. Battered and beaten? Battered Whatever, and beaten. Man. Anyway, right. I like them both, so I always keep handy. Thank you for the question. And, and then mine is the Lexum Greek um, uh, interlinear mine version. Mine is the of iPhone Greek. 11. <laughs> so this is the thing: is mine's not so beat up. No, but it's good. But uh, but this is I love just as used. It's just as that's the thing, man. And I I, I love having my verbum verbum. I I, ha- I have to say I love it. The search is so powerful, and I can do word studies just like boom, boom, boom. That's me snapping right there. Snap it. Yeah, like I just love it. So um, I've got, but, but sometimes when I'm in the chapel, I got to say that I, you got to put the phone down. Got to put the you, phone you, down like, sometimes. Like just go to real pages. If you're sitting at your desk using things for studying, um, <laughs> Carrie Floyd says worst song exclamation point. Oh. Carrie, thank you for the shout out. We wholeheartedly. Yeah, I can't stand that song either. But Anne says. What does she say? Anne says, oh, Letha. Oh, oh like, the Kansas, the oh, Kansas. Yeah, because yeah, I would. Thank I, you. I was trying to, all the pronunciations. So. <laughs> you made through them all. Okay, yeah. we gotta talk about Psalm seventy-two. Oh yeah. So here's the thing about Psalm seventy-two. The, um, this is for Steve. The Psalter um, in the Bible, what we call all the Psalms together, they're made up of five books, right? right. So they're all sort of organized. And not like Psalter and Pepper. It's just sal- the Psalter. Right. <laughs> uh, what I find most fascinating in the Psalter are. Uh, <laughs> I well, love, that was a t- I like that. It makes me happy. Yeah. I love the bookend psalms. Bookend. And so Psalm 2, the first, so Psalm 1 is kind of like an intro prologue. Psalm 2 and Psalm 72 form a bookend of book 1 and book 2. The beginning of book 1, the end of book 2. They're both coronation psalms, right? So Psalm 2, where the Psalter begins, it's a psalm that's believed to be written by David, perhaps, uh, sung over Solomon when he was crowned king. Right. Okay. Psalm 72 is also a coronation psalm, and it's believed, nobody's totally sure, that it was actually maybe written by Solomon to be read over his son. Oh. So all that is to say, what we have in Psalm 72 today would have been familiar to the Israelites as one of the psalms that was read over the king when they were crowned. So we're thinking about... The paparazzi. The paparazzi <laughs> has shown up. See, I try to get him to smile. That's how you get his to smile. So the paparazzi. Um, but speaking of paparazzi, so yeah, this is this is song would have been familiar to the people because they would have read him over the coronation of their kings, which is significant that as we're talking about, you know, Psalm 11 pointing to this future day. Now, the irony is that as you read through this psalm, if if the tradition is true, if that particular tradition is true, and this is Solomon saying this over his son, it would have been Rehoboam, who is actually the one who leads to the civil war that divides Israel, that eventually leads to it being conquered. Oh. And so all of these, this is the irony that sort of built Justice into shall Psalm flourish in your time and fullness of peace forever. Right. Re- read over Jeroboam, who d- d- just Rehoboam, like, yeah. Rebo- what did I say? Jeroboam? <laughs> Rehoboam, I don't know. It's, it's, got, some, it's got the same syllables it's in true. it. It's true. Um, Wow. Which is really powerful. Yeah. If you consider, yeah, what it's saying. Oh, God, with your judgment, endow the king your justice. He shall govern your people with, with righteousness and your afflicted ones with justice. 
uh, uh, judgment, justice will flourish, profound peace, the moon will be more and more. I mean, he'll rule from sea to sea. He is the one that reigns over the destruction of the kingdom. And the painfulness of this psalm, historical sense, well, till the new is powerful. Yeah, moon be no more. I mean, we see in this Christ and the actually like the eschatological second coming um, parousia expression that's saying, yes, he is going to live. He's going to be the king. I mean, because we just celebrated the Christ, the, the Christ, king of the, the universe, king of the universe, bum, bum. everything and all that is. And um, because we're Which focusing, is what all these kings are sort of aspiring to never get to. Right. They're all looking for a dynasty that will never fail. Right. And Christ is the only one who is actually ever able to achieve that. Absolutely right. Um, one of the things I just want to point out, and then we, we do got to keep moving. There is, and, and the translation that we're going to hear in the Mass, its translations are always, we, we do our best. But there is a word combination that actually shows up in the original Hebrew that doesn't show up here. Whenever you see the terms justice and righteousness show up together, right. it has to do specifically in the Hebrew sort of mindset idiom form of caring for the poor and the downtrodden and the afflicted. And so one of the measuring sticks, but specifically in the ancient Near East in particular, was you measure the success of a king based on the welfare of the lowliest in the society. How are those who are most downtrodden treated under that king? That's um, the measuring stick. That even, you know, Samaria, Mesopotamia, Egypt, that was one of the ways. And the kings weren't usually very successful. Right. But it was to be held up as a measuring stick. So when you see justice and righteousness show up together, the idea is this is supposed to be care for the poor, the afflicted, the downtrodden. And what Isaiah tells us is that actually it's going to turn out Israel herself is the downtrodden and the beaten down and the felled tree. And we're going to have a king eventually who will embody justice and righteousness in a way no one ever dreamt of before. In a way that every other king took out, but no one ever actually did. And so again, even this psalm, it's, it's all these little things that are built in, not really into the reign of Rehoboam, because we know where that goes, but built to look forward to something that we have not experienced yet. Again, going with the theme, this is Israel's advent in a certain sense. We're looking for this thing that we're waiting, we're longing to open the packages, but it hasn't come yet. Wow, which is actually beautiful in leading us into Romans. All right, because, talk to me. Because here, here's uh, St. Paul, and he says... Um, uh, brothers and sisters, whatever was written previously was written for our instruction that by endurance... In other words, the Old Testament. Right. That by the endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Yeah. And out of that hope, we can paragraph, welcome then one another as Christ welcomed you for the glory of God. That that all of this this work and this, um, this preparation, and this has actually been my, in a very real way, my experience of Advent so far, mm. is that when you wait... When you are actually present to the experience of waiting, that God will bring together the parts of your story to show his glory. So what he's trying to do is, is like, what's the, what's the best moment in a story is when um, your, your main character all of a sudden has this revelation about who they really are. They go, what? This is who I really am. It, I'm Darth Vader's son? Sorry if that gave away. I was, yeah, you have, you know, and you and, and you go, oh wow, and then they're trying to live out of this this reality of who they have become, and that's really where that that when we live really are and what we're mm. supposed to do, we it actually shows forth the glory of God. Yes, um, and that's that's a really it's a hard thing to wait on because our 
they take a long time. The stories yeah. of the saints take a long time. <laughs> a long time. Your story takes a, is taking a really long time. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, but but that's where that's why it, 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 again, what is it for? It's for hope. It's for glory, and so it says um, he wanted. He became a minister to Israelite to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness to confirm the promises of the patriarchs, so that the Gentiles might glorify God as well with His mercy. I'm sorry, we have to pause. We just got. Uh, uh, I'm looking at the Facebooks. I'm the kid in the back seat who my mom is making me watch this live video from my theology class. Susan Kennedy, baby, that's him. That's my favorite one. Making me watch. The way to go, mom. Making that's <laughs> making the kid watch theology. Oh, I love that. Somebody, Aiden Smith, is watching this instead of coding in Python. So hey, that's good. That's as long good. As we can distract you from your work. Well, he's he kind of down, like what we were talking about on playing over the adder's layer because he's playing over the Python. Uh, uh, that's good. Yeah, that one was for you, brah. Oh, okay. we got Daniel, who's a focused missionary over at Rice University, who's watching. Um, I was we like, have Nicholas, who's miss. in the, the chem, like, the chemistry stockroom at CU across the street. I'm in the room. That's, That's awesome. Katie jo over in Aurora. Jonathan Clark, what's up? Shout out to you. Nice. And Katie Kistler in Aurora. I love it. And we love the Christie in Olathe. Olathe. Oh, she o literally put the pronunciation there. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> There's Olathe. two. There's two Olathas. Well, no, there's only one Olatha, but there's more than one person in it. Oh, there's more than okay. I mean, there might be. I mean, one somewhere. If there's anybody listening from a town that only has one person in it, that I, would be awesome. Yeah, we want to hear from. Yeah, you. we want to hear about that. That's like, <laughs> but you have to have a post office, and so that would mean that they were the mayor, the postman, sheriff, sheriff, and the recipient of all the things, and the town council. So. That was weird. I don't know what no, that it's was good. about. Okay, Matthew. so we get into Matthew, the the accountant. John the Baptist. The accountant? Matthew the accountant. Oh, yes. John the Baptist is not the accountant. But yes, John Matthew the Baptist the was not of. an accountant. Clearly. Clearly. He, he, he I don't know why was, I said it that way. <laughs> he's looking from heaven. He's like, what's with you, Scott? He's like, Scott, Lay off, man. come on. He's like, I baptize the Lord, brah. It's true. I can't. I can't. Uh, yeah. Um, so John the Baptist appeared. I, I love this. I love that he just appears. There he is. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness. John the Baptist is the cousin of Jesus. Correct. In case you're wondering and you haven't ever put that together. There was the moment when I was like, oh, that's Elizabeth and Zechariah's son. Oh, really? Yeah, and I didn't know. I mean, like, this is the thing is that yeah. the scriptures are constant discovery. And sometimes yes. you just don't put it together. And, and they love to interpret themselves. Right. But sometimes you got to dig for those interpretations. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, uh, and I'm not trying to say that, like, like literally, mm -hmm. that was like a discovery. And the sad thing was, is that was a discovery in, you know what I'm saying? Seminary formation works, brothers. If you're like, oh, no, I don't think I could be a priest because I'm not smart. You're like, I, I got you beat. I'm smart <laughs> now. Look at me. I'm smart and I can sing. Seminary's done great things for me. I got you beat. Um, I don't know how to add to that. Yeah, I don't either. But um, So John the Baptist appeared preaching. In, so the, part of the question is trying to discern why did the church choose to put this one with these previous readings? And this is where it's kind of fun because this is where the church is now trying to interpret for us. Right. And say, okay, now we want to show you something here. So we've heard the story of John the Baptist, right? We've, we've heard of this guy. He's in the wilderness. He appeared. He's in the desert. And he's saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it was of him, says Matthew, that the prophet Isaiah spoke about. So we're coming back to Isaiah. And Matthew is sort of counting on you to know Isaiah. 
Remember how important Isaiah was? Remember how it continually talked about this moment that was going to come that had not arrived yet? Remember? Well, one of the things it said was that there would be a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. The Lord, obviously even just that word is a reference to the king. Kings are called lords. So remember where Isaiah talked all about this stuff? Well, that's John. And then it adds that John wore clothing that happened to be made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. And at that time, all of Jerusalem, Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, and they acknowledged their sins. Now, here's the thing that's always not confused me. I find fascinating about John the Baptist. Okay. So picture the scene here for a second. Take, take it out of Bible land for a second and just try to see it with fresh eyes. So we have, imagine, okay, let's put it this way. Imagine you don't have to close your eyes. Oh, I was imagining. Come on. Uh, come on no, no, okay, sorry. You asked me to think know, about it, but bro. it was distracting. I, I feel like you weren't with me anymore, but I you were. I know you. you were actually respecting what I asked. Okay. I was just got weird and emotional. Um, so imagine you, you walk down uh, to Pearl Street, or the Boulder Creek Path, right? Or if you're in Denver, you go to, um, what's the, the Platte River, right? Platte River. The Big River. Confluence Park. Boulder, you go down to Confluence Park in Denver, big old river, and you see a guy who is wearing something made of camel's hair, who has a weird <laughs> belt around him, who has a long beard, bugs coming out of it, really dirty, is eating bugs off of the street, and is yelling at you to repent. Have you seen that guy before? Because I've seen him. <laughs> like we've we've seen that guy. Actually, I think I hired that guy. Oh, I <laughs> but what you wouldn't say, is, and all of Denver flocked to him to hear what he had to say and be baptized by him. You're like, no, that's that crazy guy who hangs out by the river. Right. It, it's like uh, it's like uh, friends. Uh, a friend of mine went to the Holy Land and uh, pilgrimaging around, and there was a guy who dressed as Jesus. So they were they were like going around and 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 they meditating because they saw him everywhere and they were like what if that actually is Jesus and we're just ignoring we're just him. ignoring him right well, it's it's that thing where you're going like what what if you saw that and that was actually like the the uh, uh, you know Elijah the prophet to prepare the way for Elisha it's hard to take you seriously because the reindeer are flopping so rapidly <laughs> on your head as you're getting excited <laughs> it's really hard it's like mesmerizing yeah you know, you but, know but here's that's that's. Special. But here's what I think is unique about this. Um, y the, the people in the Bible are not, um, the people in the gospel are not, um, they're sophisticated, right? We, we know all of Jesus' encounters with the highly educated and highly elite religious leaders in Jerusalem and Judea. But yet it says in Matthew, all of them are flocking to see this guy. They're not flocking because everybody's super ignorant in Bible times. So any crazy guy who yells about repentance, who's eating bugs, we're all going to flock to him. There's something about that guy that's not the guy on the side of the road that we've experienced. There's something different about what he's doing. And the fact that he looks the way that he looks is more significant than just weird choices he's making. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, the I, descriptor uh, is, is part of the message. I think a little bit about how uh, of like a Sedad of Subaru, okay. who who seemed by all measures crazy. See, I, I don't think it's the same thing. That's that's I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that's how we want to read this. We want to read it as sorry. I don't want mean to take you away from the the Bernadette Subaru story, but she looked to everybody thought she was crazy. 
everybody saw this little girl who claimed to see these apparitions who was digging in the dirt looking for water and they're like look at the crazy lady let's go stare at her right that's not what's happening here they're not saying let's go stare at the crazy guy eating well, bugs cause, well because they're saying let us go submit to everything he says well yeah because he's because he's eating bugs because he's actually locked into a prophetic tradition of which he's expressing right the camel's hair the belt the bugs the location, the timing, the words that he was saying are all found in Isaiah. Um, they're not, actually. They're not found in Isaiah somewhere else. They're found somewhere else. They're found in Second Kings. You know sorry, this. I know. I'm sorry. It's all right. It doesn't show up in Isaiah, though, because he's specifically dressed like Elijah. Right. So he's not a random crazo out in the wilderness. He is a guy who's very specifically looking a certain part, which... Well, I'll get to why that's weird in a second. But the reason that's significant, and this doesn't show up in Isaiah, but in Malachi. Malachi is the last of the Old Testament prophets. The last word that we heard in the scriptures before we get to Jesus. Before there's hundreds of years of silence. Right. Before Jesus comes. The last word of the last prophetic book at the end of the Bible says, Before this great king comes, look for Elijah. Right. He will be there first to prepare the way. Right. And so everyone's like, Oh, looks like Elijah's out in the wilderness. We're all pretty desperate for our king to come and save us because life is really hard. Maybe we should go listen to that guy. Now, what's weird to me, and not to get sidetracked, what's weird to me is that John actually at one point says in the Gospel of John that he didn't think he was Elijah. He's like, no, I'm not Elijah. What are you talking about? Which means that God is actually doing something through John the Baptist that John the Baptist doesn't even realize is happening through him. Which is exactly how we should maybe be he just liked bugs. towards our, our stories as we're going through Lent. What is the glory yes. of God? He's doing things through you, you, you I don't even know. What did you say I, before? Your favorite part of a story is when the protagonist discovers something the about themselves? Self-realization, yeah. The, the At some point, John the Baptist is like, holy cow, I'm, wouldn't you have loved to be... When Bob went off and he was like, I'm Elijah. I'm Elijah, and I'm like, preparing the way. I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Like we have that moment; it's actually recorded. I'm the one. Of, I'm a voice crying mm -hmm. wilderness, and he. Re I think it dawns upon him because everybody's there, and he's going like, "I just knew that I had to do this." Right. Right. And now all of a sudden, it's there, and you go, "Oh, that's your role." And that does it to this thing that God is working through him that actually everybody else sees, and even he doesn't see it. Right. There's something really beautiful about that. Right. Absolutely. And, and then he has the moment that he sees Jesus come and he's like, oh, it's you. Right. I didn't know it was going to be you, but now it means because, you know. Cousin. Everything together. Cousin. I know you. I know you. We played basketball. We hung out by that python's nest together when Python, we were babies. The adder's layer. You adder's know what I'm layer. saying? That was fun. With your pet adder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What to Actually, say some of the students—they were talking about how they got a. Uh, it's one of our. I don't know who it was, but they got a pet snake, and they were like, "Hey!" And, and I overheard them talking at the end of mass, and they were like, "Hey, let's go over to his house and check out the snakes." And Your I was house? like, "Like oh. an infestation of snakes, or like a pet snake?" You know what I'm saying? I do. But yeah, so the, the, they're just trying to live out the eschaton. They're doing you know their best. Man. They're doing their best. That's mm. really where, like, I mean, I look at this and I look at these scriptures, and I am seeing so clearly that. The stories that we have have been prepared throughout this year 
throughout our lives, um, throughout our parents' lives, mm. that they actually come together. Yeah. That the, 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 the story about how we have ended up who we are, where do we get our personalities from? I think it's partly from the, the God in heaven actually has given us our temperaments. And then it's partly formed by our parents and the environment that exists around us. But then he's actually constantly speaking to us mm. and trying to actually get us to hear his voice so much so that we're willing to glorify him. I mean, literally, there's mm. nothing else that exists in our lives. There's nothing else. What are we here for? To increase our capacity to know, to love, and to serve God. That's that's it. Yep. And to, to love him here and to live with him in the next life. That's all. I mean, literally, why do you work? That's for that. Why do you have family? That's for that. Why do you go to school? That's for that. Why do we have computers and coffee houses and everything? Literally, it has a singular purpose, and that is to glorify God through the stories that exist within our lives. And so like this, this preparation and this time to refocus ourselves and to say, yeah, I'm going to see this. I'm going to see this in Isaiah, that, yeah. that the difficulties and the instructions and the felling, actually, they're going to bring out new shoots that, that blossom, that yeah. are about uh, new, powerful, beautiful things. I'm going to look and I'm going to look in Romans and I'm going to say, oh, my hope is oriented towards letting God be known within the world. I'm going to look yeah. and I'm going to look at John the Baptist, who's going like, oh, that's what I'm doing. And that's my Holland. How did I never even see this? And he's my cousin. He didn't know Jesus was God and he grew up with him. Right. You know what I'm saying? But like, then he sees it. But then when, he then when it comes together. Imagine under- all the putting the pieces of like, oh, oh, this is who I am. This is That's what why I'm he never doing. got in trouble. That's why he never got <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it helps him grow up with God. It makes so much sense. <laughs> he was the Messiah. <laughs> Oh, man. I always got caught. He never did. <laughs> mm, that'd be hard. Yeah, that's, that's, that's powerful. So don't despair. Have mm. hope. And let the unfolding of your story come to full fruition in this time. And maybe because you might be Jesse's dad. You know what I'm saying? Or Jesse's je- father, Jesse's. What did I say? It was funny. And now it's not funny. <laughs> that's the worst. Well, um, I think we're coming to the end of the podcast. That's what I got. Um, you guys, thank you so much for those who have donated. Um, for those who have uh, participated in this powerful and beautiful ministry, um, thanks for putting up with the noise and the kind of excitement of the the podcast. It's and, like, and part of why I want to do it in this environment, specifically for the live, is is to show you that aren't familiar with the ministry, that maybe aren't around Boulder, that we are an outcropping of something else where there is great life, there's activity. And I know it can be distracting with all the people, but we also want to be in the middle to show you that God is doing amazing things at the University of Colorado in ways that we don't even realize doing. And so we want you to see people coming and going and studying and drinking coffee and praying and going to the Adoration Chapel and meeting for discipleship and Bible study and and sharing this life together. And we want to smackly throw it, smackly throw ourselves smack in the middle of it, so that you can see and be a part of that. And so again, if the, if this is something that God might be leading you to to help us out and support, then please thomascenter.org. You can click donate. You can send them out to seven two zero five one three seven three three seven. We got to point out. Megan's mom, Jenny, who's listening from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah. That's awesome. That's the best. Melissa is out in Niles, Illinois. He was um, the brother of Frazier on that show, right? <laughs> Niles. Niles, Illinois. Said, yeah. Maggie's out in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Peter is listening at work. Is that you? Because you're at work right I am now. listening at work, actually. Technically, me. me and Peter are doing simultaneously <laughs> the exact same thing. That is very meta. That's um, super meta, Peter. Martha's out in Maryland. That's very uh, Martha alliterative. Martha Martha, hi, Martha. 
<laughs> so thank you guys and everyone from wherever you're from or if you're listening later on we thank you so much for listening for supporting this ministry pray Martha, for us Martha was the one who uh, asked the question is that could that really actually just be Jesus like so thanks Martha for kind of yes, m- it was making Jesus. a cameo into the podcast and <laughs> helping us ask that question uh, absolutely it's, yeah this, this is yeah. very fun thank you all for participating oh from the holy land story yes from i was like did i miss story. that in the gospels yeah. Yeah. I yeah, 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 yeah 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 so awesome um, well we love you guys we love you uh have a good advent keep mm. waiting um i like dude this is the thing it's i'm gonna tell you a waiting story i mean it, it, you, we're kind of done we're just talking i'll wait, about I'll wait now. for it yeah this is fun um so i was so yesterday Okay. Um, okay, I'm I'm obsessed with I'm obsessed with tools. You know this thing about me. So I've been obsessed with uh, with a, getting a particular tool, um, and I and I never imagined which one a laser engraver. Okay, <laughs> this is this is one of the things I've been obsessed for years. You know it's not going to be a drill, right? It's not going to be a laser drill. engraver. Oh, Jay Armstrong, Jay Armstrong says, says hello. Hi, Jay from his uh, novitiate in the the Franciscans, right? Yeah. Oh man. What's up? And uh, and so literally, uh, so I only like was able to break the obsession. Love it. And then a very close friend of mine, Jacob, texts me yesterday and he's like, dude, check out the new toy we get to play with. And it's a laser engraver, but way wow. better than anything that I would have ever wow. been able to even conceive of getting. So I'm like, dude, it's the best. It's things like that. That's like a great example of like, you know, you wait, just don't let, don't let your di- desires dominate you. Mm. Don't let um, the things in your heart um, say that they're like, say that, that it has to be fulfilled right now. Um, in this time of waiting, it's just really important. Don't buy yourself Christmas presents. Until the sales after. The, until the sales after Christmas, and just then kidding. you can do it. You got to win. You crazy, man. All right. Okay, happy God, Advent. Happy, happy Advent. New Year. You guys are the best. God bless you. Thanks for being here, everybody. See you next time. Woo!